Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to Marcus Meets, a show made for you. So what you think of it is super important. We will take your feedback and apply it where we can. You can do this by leaving us a rating and review on iTunes uh, or by clicking the link in the description of this podcast, which will take you right to the review page. Thank you. Today's show, CJ Beats, an open format DJ, and Jordan Crisp make Wide Awake. And you probably recognize the names if you've listened to more than one episode of Marcus Meets because they're the guys that I shout out because they're behind the intro music, the bloom, bloom, blooms at the beginning and the ends. So, uh, yeah, thanks. Can I just say thank you very much, guys, for the intro and outro music? It's been well received and yeah, I like it. Bloom, bloom, bloom. So, today's show is Wide Awake, which is a production duo which consists of Jordan Crisp and CJ Beats. CJ Beats is an open format DJ who has traveled worldwide DJing, playing all sorts of music in all sorts of countries. He's also had a great time in national radio in the UK. He worked for BBC Radio One Extra. He was like crowned the king of R&B and also had a daytime show. Uh, like I said, he's now part of this production duo called Wide Awake. Uh, and his other half, Jordan Crisp, wasn't due for about 30 minutes or so. So I thought I'd have a chat with CJ in part one uh, and make another episode when Jordan arrived. So I and CJ, we talk about his old press pictures, which are very interesting if you if you Google those. His take on hoarding, toilet seat etiquette, Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles. Um, and I kicked off by asking him about a very deep tweet, which he recently posted saying, I think... Therefore, I am. What was the meaning behind that, CJ? Um, it's because I'm just a thinker, in it. Therefore, I am a thinker. Um, no, I had a picture in it. Like, obviously, in this day and age, you can't just put pictures up now, man. You know, you you put pictures online, and if you don't um, caption it with something, it's kind of just whatever. I think it's a bit douchey to just have a picture up, and it's like whatever. Um, so yeah, no, I just saw it. There's was, was a picture of me DJing, and for some reason, I'm pointing at my skull while I'm talking on the mic. Oh yeah, I don't know. Fair enough. Something to say. Uh, fair enough. What was the other Twitter one? Um, oh, you know, forget that. We're, are we, is this like the Wide Awake studio? Sorry, I'm looking at your iPad right now. You've got the most wackest press pick of me ever. 
Can we... Uh, I shout, need to know. shout out to Milo Fisher on research for oh, this, this picture. Man. What's wrong what? with this? What's wrong with nah, this? Nah, bro, like, I, I took that... Before, before I signed to One Extra, they asked for press picks, innit? I never had press picks before. Um, so I got that done, and then it's just stayed with me like a rash for is, my life. Is this the picture that comes up when we type your name into Google? Quite possibly. Uh, I need to find out how to delete pictures from Google. Let's find out. Let's go. If on. it is possible, because I've, I've shown up to clubs before, and it's... I mean, right, look at that picture and look at me now. It's quite a difference, right? I don't I, think that picture's very bad. No, nah, I, I don't know. I feel like I've grown. I feel like I've matured. I feel like I've got sexier with age, Marcus. Um, you you know what? Men, we, we, we shouldn't play down the fact that men do get better with age. I, you know? I think so, you know. Listen, I'm trying to be George Clooney out here, bro. Yeah, George Clooney, Brad Pitt's doing his thing. Mm. I feel like getting old as a man is... I feel is like, like, no, no, you know, like it, it can go one of two ways. Um, you can either let go of yourself and you become an actual Homer Simpson... Yeah. Peter Griffin slob type or you go the George Clooney Brad Pitt Denzel Road and it's like so it's dad bod or gym bod yeah yeah I think so but I think but you don't have to be crazy Jim like not Dwayne Johnson Jim like you okay. could just as long as you look after yourself eat right like I've got a thing in my family as well where no one seems to eat right so my older brother's got this thing with his stomach my dad's got this thing with his stomach and my biggest fear is that I'm going to get this thing with his stomach but what I've noticed with them two is their diets are terrible my dad will wake up and have like a Mars bar for breakfast or some shit. Um, Do so they look big though? Are they huh? big? Are they big guys? No, no, uh, my brother's a little bigger. My dad's he's doing well for his age, yeah. but if he just dieted right, he'd be fine and he wouldn't have all these stomach issues. So yeah, for me, I'm always just aware that that's where I come from yeah. in terms of genes, and I am trying to not replicate that. So I try to eat right. Yeah, what is the tummy thing they got? Um, I've been told the name many a time but I forget I don't know it's just like um, it's like a really fragile stomach um, and if it gets worse then it could result in getting like a bag oh shit yeah so it's like it's that type of stuff so I'm aware that the Joseph name yeah. uh, which is my surname uh, is susceptible to these stomach issues yeah so yeah I just try to eat alright well maybe it's the nightclub life um, I, it's, it's down to some of that as well because yeah you come have a nightclub at 4 o'clock in the morning what's your options McDonald's or a kebab mm. or a sandwich from the express shop or the, or the petrol station um, yeah there's not much out there man but I, I think we're, we're a lot more health conscious and health aware in this day and age you reckon no, 100% man listen back in the day I've heard horror stories like my great grandma or something they used to eat lard or something like that was like just a part of a meal like some lard <laughs> like do you get what I'm saying imagine put, putting a plate of lard in front of you right now bro like that's disgusting yeah, um, yeah it's I, I, 100% I mean obviously with social media like you can't mm-hmm. go through a Twitter or an Instagram without scrolling past someone talking about something healthy innit? so I think naturally we're inclined to kind of seek it out but then we're also a very lazy species as well so you know yeah. convenience is key yeah in this you, you're a gym goer though right uh i go about i try to go about three times a week maybe yeah do a couple jokes here and there trying to get big like brunzy obviously what, cardio not, or, or uh, bro, i'm i'm it's cardio for me yeah I'm, I'm I'm, I, I try to concentrate on cardio as well because i'm yeah. not trying to get big man i'm trying yeah. to just um just stay in shape bro stay trying to maintain the sexy yeah, yeah, that's yeah. all keep the sexy strong yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, well I have gone on Google and I have to say the first picture of you we'll put a link to that in the description 
for the podcast because that's the first. Oh, drop me out, bro. <laughs> drop me out. Let's talk. Please. Let's talk through this. Um, you can actually let's talk through this. Let's right. go from the outer layers inwards. I mean, right. This press pick was taken. Um, <laughs> whew, uh, what's her name? Uh, Narup. Um, oh, what are they called? Dope photographers. I'm really upset. That I can't remember the name. Narup and oh, I can't remember the name. But if you just Google Narup. You'll mm. see the stuff that like they've shot everyone in it. So my manager at the time was like, "Yo, I've got a link with the roof and that, and then we'll get some dope photos." And I was like, "All right, cool." Uh, obviously, you can see that I styled myself in this. Um, I think that's a Air Jordan body warmer, okay, uh, and a Star Wars T-shirt. Here's the thing: when I bought this T-shirt, right, I was like, "Oh, cool." You know, it says I'm a DJ without necessarily saying that I'm a DJ because I've never been a fan of them DJ press shots. I know you've probably got a couple with the headphones in that, right? But the first set, of press, <laughs> the first set of press shots that I've ever had done by a gentleman who is a who's running a photography studio called Ryland Clark. Okay, yeah, uh, the same gentleman that does all the um, uh, Big Brother's bit on the slide. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. He did my press shots, and there's a couple of me holding a microphone. And of course, with uh, holding a pair of headphones up to the camera. Of course, those have been deleted. The, the cliche, yeah, the, those... the, the cliche pose, or holding like a record or something. <laughs> yeah. like, it's just the debate, like you know, because you, you see them all the time. I just think like, oh, oh, that's done. So anyway, back to this t-shirt I'm wearing. Uh, mm. I think I got it from Urban Outfitters at the time. I can't remember where I got it from. What's but going on in the t-shirt? It's um, Darth Vader DJing to a crowd. But like, the problem is. Is that I bought it and I was like, yeah, this, this says this says a lot about me, you know. It's like geeky, but it's DJing at the same time. Yeah. And then, as soon as these pictures came out, I just saw so many people wearing the same T-shirt, and I was like, oh, this is really a bit shit, isn't it? Um, so that really upsets me. And yeah. uh, and I've got obviously really short hair and a really short beard. Um, I don't know. I think it's too boy band. I don't know. Your eyebrows look very very angry. Um, well. Is that, that a facial expression, or that, did you that, have some work done on those as well? I, they, I, they I think I was coaxed into that okay. facial expression. I don't know, man. It's uh, attitude. It says attitude. Though. Yeah, yeah. It says I'm in business, right? Yeah. It yeah, says yeah. like the Beats. Is beats. <laughs> CJ Beats. Yeah, these are bad, man. Oh, a lot my. You know, I don't think I've ever taken a good press picture. Yeah. If you just Google search CJ and Beats right now, you can join us in this live commentary of oh, uh, f- Throwback Thursday. Oh man, is that press shots. What shot is this now? This is when I was hosting the Mobo. Announced party. Do you know Mike Waller? Yep. Man, like Mike Waller. Um, yeah. Oh, I just he's a capital re- DJ now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just look mad geeky, man. Yeah, I don't know. I just don't think I take good pictures, man. We've got to get a good selfie for this episode. No, we need to do that. But yeah, so um, do you want to talk us through where we're at then, bruv? Like, mm-hmm. we're we're in the um, in South London. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Home of the Brave? Yes. Like, like talk, talk us through where we're at right now. Uh, right now, we are in the studio. This is where the magic happens. Um, what are we looking at? Oh, more uh, press No, no more press bits. <laughs> there's, oh, there's a praying one as well. That's, oh, the, the, the new ones are all one. right. That's the new a, ones like are a bit more cool. Is this a new one? That's, a, that's the latest one. I like that. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Praying to the trap gods, you know. Thoughtful. We, 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 we pray that we remain lit <laughs> at all times. <laughs> right, anyway. So, um, yeah, where are we at right now? Yeah, man. Wide Awake HQ, Carrot Gang, all day, Breezer Boys. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this is where we record and make all our shitty music. Um, yeah, we've had quite a few people down here. Last week we had Youngin. Oh, so yeah, we were supposed to do this podcast last Thursday, but yeah. we had a last minute booking with Youngin, actually. Mm-hmm. So we got a little something with him that everyone likes. Um, who else we've had in here? Um, 
it's actually quite new. We've only been here for like six months, actually. So we've only broken a few eyes. But um, yeah, it's, it's, little. it's a very productive looking space. I mean, right, we've got the alcohol. Um, there's I'm, I'm there's a, a lot. How many bottles of vodka over there? There's three. Do you know what? This is this is post clear out because we uh, we had quite a few. Um, okay. Then, yeah, that you know, I, I don't want to sit here with empty bottles. Mm. I've been to places before and it's got empty bottles. I'm like, why have you got an empty bottle here? You might as well have something in it. So, yeah. Oh, the memory. I'm like, you can't drink that, though. I know, you can't. You can't yeah, drink the like, memory of an empty yeah, bottle. Yeah, yeah. It was just clearing up. It was just, as you can yeah. see, I've got toys in it. So You've got a lot of toys. I like, either I put toys in there or I have empty bottles of mm. alcohol in there. So, uh, yeah, Breaking Bad fan. Obviously, we've got Heisenberg up in there. I've got a box of Transformers somewhere, but I'm really upset because when we moved in here, um, I ran out of space. Yeah. So I'm kind of thinking where that can go. As you can see, there's actually nowhere can, that you can go. I like I like that there is a little bit of space in there already, and you've not overrammed it. Like sometimes people put a lot of stuff mm. in their studio that doesn't really need to be here. This Always a thing, man. Uh, the same way I come from um, a lineage of people with bad stomachs, I also come from a lineage of hoarders as well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I've always just hated hoarding. So if I can get if I don't need it and it's clutter, I can just. I'm not yeah. emotionally attached to it. Yeah. I'll just get rid of it. Yeah. Um, um, but then at the same time, I share this studio, obviously, with Jordan, my production spouse, mm-hmm. who um, actually should be here, but he's running late. Okay. Um, that's the story of his life. Yeah. He's a little bit of a hoarder. So there are some things in here that he keeps, and I'm just like, I want to get rid of that. Is there anything in particular? Well, definitely these boxes. So we've yeah. got speaker boxes. I'm like, why have we got speaker boxes here? Like, we've got the speakers. And if we need to transport them, we'll find a super way to transport them. We don't yeah. need to keep the boxes. I would only keep boxes for the purposes of selling. I know, but we don't. But, um, but you're probably not going to get rid of those no, no. lovely monitors over mm, there. KRKs, Rocket KRKs, 8s. Rocket 8s. Maybe that's, that's, actually, that, that you see a little circle right there. Mm. It's actually the same sort of uh, material they use somewhere in a spaceship, apparently. Oh, is that so? Apparently, yeah. I, no, I don't know no. where on the spaceship. could be the toilet seat, but who knows? It makes a great sound. Mm. Um, but I, yeah. You know what I heard the other day about toilet seats. Uh, just sidebar. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if, if you're in public and you need to use the toilet. Do you get the toilet tissue and put it around the toilet seat? I don't shit in public. At all? I, I've got good bowels. I drive home. Uh, I get. I take it home. As you, you can, as you can tell from the beginning of this podcast, <laughs> I don't have. I come from that lineage of bad bowels. Right? So when you gotta go. You gotta go. Sometimes, yeah. yeah when you gotta go. I mean, the worst place I've ever probably gone to it is in a in a club. Mm. Uh, I mean, obviously the squatting position is applied. Mm. Um, but then, yeah. Sorry, back to my story. Uh, you're not actually meant to put toilet roll around the toilet seat because apparently toilet seats are actually designed to get rid of germs and when you put the toilet roll on the toilet seat and sit yeah. on it it collects the germs okay so it's actually more unhygienic to have that around it alright yeah interesting mm. alright I'll know that um, anyway more about the studio like because this is <laughs> I, I feel like I'm learning a lot about you there's a lot of action figures here mm-hmm. it looks like there's a lot of Ninja Turtles in here yeah yeah um, you always been a fan of Ninja Turtles uh, always man is it Teenage Mutant or was he- oh, it Teenage Mutant well so uh, the hero came from the fact that uh the UK government felt that the term ninja would uh, entice kids to be ninjas or be more dangerous. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, so the, uh, I think it's only in the UK they omitted the word ninja and they've changed it to hero. Right. Um, but we're around the rest of the world they're still ninja. But then I think that was like what back, when did the Turtles come out? Like in the 80s or something. Mm. But then obviously movies have come out now and they've all been Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they've uh, always been 
aware that kids get a bit excited. Me too. Listen, when I see stuff on TV that I think is cool, I want to emulate it. Uh, so if you actually watch Teenage Mutant Hero Tales 2, the movie, basically, for some reason, they felt like Michelangelo's nunchuckers were the most dangerous weapons. Right. Like, considering that Leonardo had swords and Raphael essentially had daggers. Yeah. Um, they, they felt like Michelangelo's nunchucks were the, the dangerous weapons and right. that kids would want to use nunchucks. Uh, so if you watch if you watch Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles two, um, Michelangelo never uses nunchucks in that movie. And what a letdown as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. What a letdown. Yeah, but he will use like sausages, for example. So he can ba- he can batter criminals with sausages, <laughs> but he won't batter them with actual nunchucks. That sounds slightly homoerotic. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, well, it's safe than nunchucks, though, right? It is safer than mm. nunchucks or daggers. Um, also, yeah, da- uh, plaque on the wall. Yeah, um, my eyes aren't that good for what album's that from uh, Jay-Z the greatest it's, I used to work at um, Universal yeah so obviously Universal was the umbrella label to mm. uh, in the UK Mercury Polydor um, Island Records UMTV um, so uh, yeah I was working at Mercury at the time uh, they put out the Jay-Z greatest hits um, and yeah they just said thanks Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Cheers. Who who were you under there when you were over at um, Universal? Who was I under? Yeah. Oh, were you working with Were you working with Island or were you? Were you... Uh, I see. I started working at Universal with a post room, bro. So, okay. Uh, yeah, man. I was, I was delivering mail and that, just trying to get my feet into the building because the, the opportunity came up and I was like, right. Um, because all, all I ever wanted to do really was DJ. Yeah. Um, and then uh, I saw Semtex was obviously DJing on radio, DJing in the clubs, and I knew he did something at a label I didn't quite know so I did a bit of research anyway found out it was at Def Jam UK at the time and I was like right I need to uh, I suppose if I want to be a DJ I should do something in the record industry right alright cool so um, I was like fuck it let me do anything so this opportunity came up to be a mailroom boy uh, at Universal and yeah I started doing that and then literally just I actually don't think I ever did my job properly because I wasn't there to deliver mail. I was there to talk to people and find out what's going on and how do I do this and how do I do that. Yeah. So off the back of that, 
and making relationships. Um, I did a stint at Polydor, a bit of marketing there. Did um, some A and R at Mercury, which is now Virgin EMI. Yeah. Um, and then worked with uh, a whole bunch of people like in that building, but just kind of ran around and was kind of mm. like just trying to do my own thing and get my foot in the door. Um, so yeah, I kind of did many things while I was there. So I was there for about eight years, and then um, yeah, the one extra thing came up. I was like, I don't need to do this anymore. I got what I needed. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> Shout. Yeah. yeah. So um, obviously you're a DJ on BBC Radio One Extra. How long were you there for? Uh, I was there for not long enough. Some people might say. <laughs> uh, no, five years maybe. Yeah. Think, yeah, about five years. Yeah. And um, in terms of becoming a broadcaster, what did that? How did that affect you as a broadcaster? Sort of come in. Uh, you 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 think you know how to broadcast, and then you get on air and you realize you know nothing. You realize that um, there is definitely uh, an art to being on air and being able to transition from uh, uh, during a link. It's like you start somewhere and then you kind of end somewhere, but there's this bit in the middle that you kind of need to perfect as well in order to transition from point A to point B. So, yeah, I learned a lot at the BBC. I mean, to be fair, it's hard not to learn at the BBC. Like You're surrounded by so many great broadcasters. Um, you're also surrounded by some really great production team. Who, um, yeah, you kind of just have to step up. Um, mm. So I learned a lot of the BBC. Um, my one regret, though, is that I do feel like being there, I definitely, because I wanted to be on radio so bad, like that's all I've wanted to do. Uh, I just kind of took anything. So when they offered me the show, they offered me, like, as great as the opportunity was, my instinct was this isn't the show that you want to do. And for me taking that, it was like, right, cool, do you know, what? do this, show them what you're about, and then you can kind of move on and hopefully navigate yourself into the show that you eventually want to do. Um, and I'm not going to name any names, but there, there were definitely staff at the BBC who were like, no, nah, nah, cool, like, come through and do that, and then, but make it your own in it. Like, do the show that you want to do, but just do it under the umbrella of like this R&B show. So I was like, all right, cool. Um, so I started doing that, but like two shows in, you get the the phone calls or the emails from the execs being like, yo, um, can you tone it down a bit? Can you kind of go back into the show that we need you to do? I'm like, yeah, but I really want to push the show that. Like, no, 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 no. Let's do what we ask you to do. All right, cool. Uh, so then you end up doing that and it's kind of like, I mean, I'm having these internal battles, isn't it? Because I'll show up to do my show and like, there's so many songs that I want to play, but under the remit of the show that they've given me, I can't actually play them. So you kind of get into a little bit of a, a kind of frustrating period where it's like, I really want to do what I want to do, but I've got to play this game. Um, so to be fair, when when the conversation came up about, yo, uh, we're not going to renew your contract. I'm like, I was upset because obviously I felt like there was so much more I wanted to achieve at the BBC. But at the same time, it was like a, I want to say a, a slight relief because it was just like, I haven't got to kind of jeopardize or put my integrity on the line anymore. Like, I feel like whatever I do next, I'm just going to do me and I'm not really going to let anyone tell me what to do. Because that was probably my biggest frustration about it. Yeah, because, I mean, to put this into perspective, you know, you can correct me if I'm wrong at any point here, is you are a DJ that loves music. Mm -hmm. You're a producer that loves music as a whole. You're not... You are the definition of open format when it comes to DJ and you like to play stuff that is musical yeah, yeah. and that's where your limit is. And when you were on BBC Radio 1 Extra, 
uh, you were on the R&B show mm-hmm. and therefore hailed the king of R&B. Actually, I think I remember seeing you outside the radio and be like, yes, CJ, king of R&B, like flippantly just saying it, like whatever. And you were like, don't call me that. <laughs> <laughs> I bro, was like, I was like what did I say? You were like, bruv, don't fucking call me that. Bruv, like it, it genuinely, <laughs> it, it cut like a knife, bro. Like whenever yeah. anyone referred to me as like the king of R&B, because it was just like, here's the thing, bro. I love music in it and you're right. Um, so I did a really great R&B show. Yeah. Um, and if they put me in a hip hop show, I would have done a really great hip hop show. And if they put me in like a dance show, I would have done a really great dance show. Um, but again, as you said, I like to incorporate everything. Like, I'm a musical man. Like, I don't see genres in it. Like, Cause I just think when you're face to face with someone in a crowd now, mm-hmm. you're going to meet people who like hip hop, who like dance, who like dance hall, who like, rock or whatever the case may be in it so i just think that like, why do a show that's kind of specifically geared toward this one genre when i just feel like no one's going to listen to this mm-hmm. for like four hours anyway but that was just my perspective on it so yeah you're right i, I love music man so kind of yeah when people are calling me the king of r&b or on flyers it's like r&b with cjb's i'm like oh my god this, <laughs> it hurts my soul man and then i also feel like i'm Shortchanging the audience because if someone necessary, if someone actually specifically came to see me to hear R and B, they're going to be well disappointed because mm. my DJ sets are not just R and B. You'll you'll hear some there, but it's like I can't say that you're going to get an hour of it or an hour and a half or whatever the case may be. So yeah, yeah. All right, I want to ask you what you play in your sets, but first, if if you could have had, what would your ideal show would have been if you could have built your show? Um, what time would it be on? What kind of music would you play? What what would it be about? Yeah, when I was there. um a show like DJ Target, he does the Friday night kind of party show on one extra. Mm-hmm. Um, Mr. Jam does an open format show where it's like genre. So a show like that, uh, but in my own way. Um, but then it was also with a view to move over to Radio 1 and do that on a bigger level, on a bigger scale. Like a Saturday night show on Radio 1 would have been ideal. I mean, I'm saying that for me. Like, obviously, they had different <laughs> ideas, yeah, in it? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, something like that, just to kind of incorporate all the genres, just something that's a bit more fun um, and energetic. Mm. And what can we expect from a set anyway? I know you kind of pretty much described it. Like, when we're in the club, what can we get from CJ? How about you come and see me in the club, isn't it? How about you just come to the, the club when I'm there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, right, what can you expect from CJ Beach? Um, do you know what? I'm just trying to squeeze as much of our music as in wide awake into the sets man mm. but i feel like right now more than ever man every dj has the same songs they have access to the same websites or mail outs or artists or whatever and obviously everyone that does have the same music so you can guarantee literally at one o'clock across the uk in any nightclub you're gonna hear a certain batch of records that are considered to be these are the main set records and da 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 so for me, it's about how do I differentiate myself in it. Like, I've always been very conscious of not wanting to either look like someone else or not wanting to sound like someone else. Just kind of being an individual. And um, I suppose it's something I grew up with my dad. My dad was always like, listen, as a showman, you go out there and you make people remember you in it. Like, that's what you leave. So like, he'd reference people like Freddie Mercury or something. And it'd be like, yo, when you look at a Queen concert, what do you see other than the great music? But you see Freddie Mercury prancing around in these like leotards and these whatever outfits he's wearing at the time. But guess what? You remember that. And the same can be said for like a, a David Bowie or um, uh, who else comes out looking crazy. Uh, Lady Gaga. You just know that you're going to get something else. Isn't it? So for me, 
it was all about, right, how do I differentiate myself from the crowd? Because even you got some places and they've got some really incredible resident DJs who are there week in, week out and really doing their thing. So it's like, if you've already got this high caliber of DJ already doing that, if I come to do a guest set, I could easily emulate what they do and it's easy, but it's like, what do I do that's different that's going to set me apart in it? So, yeah, um, the thing that definitely sets us apart right now is the fact that we do make our own music and, you know, the Wide Awake brand is building and we make records for the clubs as well. So, Excellent. Yeah, they work, man. Um, so, yeah, you'll hear me and some Wide Awake shit. Okay. Yeah. And Leotard, maybe? I don't know. I feel like... Do you know what? Like, I, I can't... Like, I'm, I'm, I'm not even going to lie to you. You might think I'm crazy for this, but we are genuinely working on things for the show when we really go out there. There's something behind you on the decks. Um, is it anything to do with this massive bunny rabbits wearing sunglasses? Yeah. The Winston, Wide Awake kind of look? Yeah, the Winston mascot mm. um, is a rabbit. Uh, the Wide Awake mascot, sorry, Winston. He uh, He's definitely going to be part of the shows. Okay. Where did that come from, the Wide Awake mascot you, for your production outfit? Uh, it was just weird, wasn't it? Like, I think we were, we were smoking something at the time. No. Um... <laughs> What's it? Uh, no, that came from a, a video director actually called uh, Darren. Man, shout out to Darren. He, uh, our first ever wide awake video before we even knew what wide awake was, and before yeah. we even knew where we were trying to go or had any sort of direction, we made this record. And um, we're like, all right, cool. You make a record, you make a video for it. Like we had it. Like I don't know if we even really thought the record was incredible, but we were just like, right, we've got this song. Obviously, you make a video for it, and then mm-hmm. the world comes to you and whatever. So um, we made this video for this song and the director was like, right, you, let's put a rabbit in there. What was the song called? Uh, we Ain't Going Home Yet. Okay. Yeah. Can we up on it? Spaz and catch your ass boat. Jumping on the car on it. Banging on the dashboard. This is barbaric. So, uh, yeah, it's online. I'm sure you can find it. So he was like, yo, put a rabbit in there. I was like, all right, cool. Why, why the rabbit? He was like, you know, because I'm thinking, you know, wide awake. Donnie Darko, uh, you know, when you sleep and things happen. Like, he was just kind of going through this whole thought process. So we're like, all right, cool, whatever, man. So we found, like, a really cheap bunny rabbit mask from a fancy dress shop. Put that in the video. And then a few people saw the video. And I say a few people because it's not crazy numbers on that video. Uh, but they were like, oh, really like the rabbit, really like the rabbit. So that was just something that we kind of developed. And then we were like, right, well, let's obviously have this as part of the show, have this as part of the team. And then, I don't know who named him Winston. I think Fonts did, we were working with at the time. He was like, oh, it's called him Winston, isn't it? So we're like, all right, we've got Winston. And then Winston's just full of debauchery and just nastiness. And he's just, the, he's the guy that your girlfriend's dad doesn't want you to be with his girlfriend. <laughs> like, he's just that type of guy. It? So we kind of developed this character. Um, yeah, so he exists because of Darren. Thank you, Darren. Yeah, what's the tape on his on his mouth for? Um, some dominatrix stuff in it. Obviously. Okay, I told you that it's, it's, it's getting a bit deep. No, uh, the tape actually. Came, so I actually made this mask. I right. I created this, um, and then we were shooting a video. We did a the Africa video featuring yep. Takora. That's online as well right now. But the video director, basically one of the actors, never showed up to be in a video. Who's actually going to rap along to the song? Um, so then, shout out to. Chaz Apathy actually yeah um, sick director he was like yo it's fine guess what if we put some traction tapes over the mouth um, I can superimpose a mouth onto this mask or whatever so that's what the traction tapes are so basically he 
the tape goes on there, and then when he's going back in post production, he can track a mouth, right to to those markers. Nice. Yeah. It wasn't like any special super tape. It was just it's literally black tape. Black tape. Literally black tape. Yeah. Wicked. So, Wide Awake is um, you've been doing stuff for a while though, haven't you? Mm-hmm. Like you've been producing stuff for a while. Like how did it? How did you guys get together and say, right, we're going to start making music? Because you know you <clears> DJ, do a lot of DJ work. You're radio broadcaster, working. You know, <clears> at Universal. Yeah. Where did you? When did you say, oh yeah, I'm going to start making? Music um, I've always well. dabbled in music. I, d- I actually did a music production course at South Thames College in yeah. um. Wandsworth um, yeah because I went to sixth form for like a year and tried to do like maths AS level or whatever it was and some other stuff and I was just like after a year I was like this is really whack because I just I, I don't want to do this and then a friend of mine who I went to school with he just came back to our college randomly one day and I was like oh we up to now and he's like oh I go to South Thames College I was like what are you doing he's like I do music I'm like what you do a course in music what does that mean and he was saying, yeah, like you make music, you learn about the business. And I was like, oh, that's sick, man. Um, so then I went to the open day and I was like, wow, you can actually make music and get a qualification for it. Mm-hmm. And at that moment in time, obviously my parents were just like, they're mad supportive, but at the same time, they were like, well, you need to get a qualification of some sort. Like, what are you doing? So the fact that I could say, listen, I love music. They knew I loved music. Um, they were like, yeah, go for it. Cool. So now I did a national diploma for music technology. Uh, and then through there, I met uh, met a guy called Simon who was in like a DJ collective called LiveLink at the time. And LiveLink, um, uh, Bashi, the rapper slash Hollywood actor right now, he um, he used to be in LiveLink. Anyway, long story short, through Simon, I met Bashi's cousin, who's also called Simon, um, who uh, one day called me up and was like, yo, uh, Bashi's going on tour with Lethal B. Uh, do you want to go on? he needs a DJ you up for it uh, yeah of course I am uh, so anyway went on tour the first time I met Bashi was we he picked me up him and his manager and we drove to Stoke-on-Trent and did like the first day of this Bizzle tour and uh, yeah from there on he was just like yo do you want to do this like I've got loads of shows do you want to be my DJ I'm like, of course like, mm-hmm. I, I, and it's weird because I'm I was genuinely a fan of Bashi like his music like Chopper Chops mixtape your mum I was genuinely a fan so it was like it was great that you know, as part of my bucket list of being a DJ, like one was be a, a club DJ, be a radio DJ, tour with an artist up and down the country. Da, 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 da. So the fact I got to tour with Bashi and be a fan of him at the same time, that was good. So another bucket list ticked off. But then, um, yeah, I was always trying to help out uh, musically, uh, just get uh, ideas down for like his music. As well. So I helped A&R his album catch me if you can um and then um yeah just working with people across the years i would always i would never have the time to sit there and physically make music just because i was trying to run around and i was trying to do a million different things at the same time but i'd always have ideas for like yo i think we should do a song like this or i think that song's great but if we did it like that da, 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 da. so thankfully a lot of people were open to my suggestions and some of them panned out really well and then um yeah maybe it was about Six years ago, uh, I went to LA with DJ City, which is like the world's biggest online record pool. Um, so I went out to LA with myself, Mr. Jam, um, and a few other people. And um, there was a competition winner who also won a chance to be on that trip, who was a guy called Jordan Crisp. Now, um, when we got to LA, obviously just 
chatting to him. We spent like four or five days in LA and Vegas and back and forth and that. And then came back to the UK and just kind of stayed in contract. Um, but Jordan Chris was dope producer. Um, he'd already done like a million things before I'd even met him. So he'd done like um, <laughs> the official version of Migraine Skank, the, the actual one that got released. Um, and then he uh, also did Devlin's, uh, what was Devlin's first song? London City? Yeah, London yeah, City. The, yeah, yeah, so he did that as well. So he'd already had his fingers in buyers and obviously was doing his thing musically. So then when we got back to London, we just hung out, really. And um, he only lived like five minutes away from my house. So we kind of just started um, just being in the studio. Like, again, with no purpose, just making music, just kind of vibing out. And then, um, yeah, the whole Wide Awake thing kind of evolved. And then he was like, yo, listen, like we've got these ideas. Why don't we brand this as the wide awake thing and I was like makes sense to me why not um, so it was all totally organic um, and then we've been together for like about a good four years just kind of literally if we're not out DJing um, or I'm not doing anything else like with my family like I'm in the studio so mm. we're literally here like four or five days a week um, just banging out records cool. uh, and it's cool because we've we've actually got a an identical direction and path in our heads. So, you know, when we're actually making records, like we both know why we're making this record and the purpose of it. And we both got the kind of same goal in mind, which is really good. Cause you know, I know a lot of people that kind of work as a tandem or a duo and, you know, one of them's got this idea and one of them's got that idea. So it's difficult to kind of bring it together and be more cohesive. Um, so yeah, that's really good. Uh, and yeah, we've just managed to, Create a little name for ourselves, man. Nice. And um, what's it like working with each other? Like, obviously, you said you, you've explained a little bit of your relationship. Obviously, you're aware of Jordan's great timekeeping. <laughs> <laughs> you should, I don't know. Actually, I, we should call him, actually. He'd be, he'd yeah, be. it's cool. Yeah. Should we call him? Is he is he one of those guys that'd be like, I'm just five minutes away? We'll find out. He likes to chat shit. <laughs> chat shit. Get I nice. looked at a meme the other day um, and it said, a woman's I'll be ready in five minutes is the same as a man's I'll be leaving the pub in five minutes. Uh, yeah, maybe. I mean, I, I I don't know about the pub thing. I don't really go to the pub, but or the club. Um, yeah, I'll be leaving the club in five minutes, babe. Yeah, but again, do you know what it is? Like, because I work in a club all the time. Like, yeah. it's a, if I'm not there for anything other than DJing, I'm not really hanging around, in it. You don't really like to party afterwards. I, do you know, it depends on who I'm with. Like, for example, where was we? We was in Preston, so yes. I'm DJing in Preston, and then you're DJing across the road. And it's only because it's you, and like, I'm like, ah, oh, well, you're across the road, bro. Listen, I'm in town. You're in town. Let's go and party in it. So it's yeah. them occasions where you go out and you kind of just have a bit of fun. But you know, if I'm just really just rolling to a club and it's just me and whoever, nine times out of ten, listen, you're, I'm in the clubs like three, four times a week in it. So there's only so many after parties you'd want to hang out at, you know, mm. as again, but unless it's with you. Yeah, it's a funny night as well, actually. Yeah, shout um, out to everyone in Preston, man. They know how to party there. They do, bro. They? And like, what that club was open to like six, seven in the morning or yeah, something? Yeah, yeah, loft. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah lofties, yeah. yeah, yeah. Open to six dope, in the man. morning. Well, definitely on it. Tunes as well. Right, let's see if... Is he even going to answer? He's probably watching Netflix. Really? Yeah, oh, he's, he's he's a TV guy, isn't it? Uh, I've got this rule anyway. I'm not even going to wait for the answer machine. If your phone rings for more than three rings, you're not answering your phone. Like, I just think in this day and age that like, no one has their phone so far away that after three rings they're going to answer it yeah you, you've looked at it and you've gone nah yeah. but um, so what's the biggest difference between being someone that works solo to now working in a duo 
Like, what's it? What's it? Like? Oh, Has he got you hitting you back? He's calling me back. <laughs> Jardon. Hey, yeah, right? I'm all right, mate. You all right? Yeah, not too bad. Oh really? What's happened? Uh, no, I had, I had no reason to be happy. Just, just woke up on the right side of bed. Nice. All right, well, listen, before you say anything incriminating, uh, I'm here with Marcus Bronzy. Uh, I'm in the studio, and we are, yeah, we're, yeah. we're recording this uh, podcast. And uh, yeah, your name came up, and I thought, well, rather than me talk shit about you, how about you come and talk shit, innit? Okay, cool, cool, cool. I'm just around the corner. All right. Oh, we'll see you in a minute then. I was going to ask you what it's like working with CJ, but you can tell us the truth when you get here. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you are being recorded, but uh, we'll, we'll omit information. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, uh, just cut that bit out. <laughs> 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 right, right. Uh, yeah, all right. Jordan will be here in a minute. But what's it, no, what's it like working? Because obviously you've been known, and I've always known you as a solo, like, artist or DJ, mm-hmm. t- till, till you start doing the Wide Awake stuff. And it seemed like the Wide Awake... <laughs> Workers start to become more fluent. Yeah, yeah. Bits um, through, so. Do you know what? I, I, I love it, man. I, I wouldn't change it for the world. To be fair, like I'm not saying I've ticked every box that I could have done as a solo DJ, but my personal bucket list of things to do, like in terms of being an international DJ, doing radio, uh, interviewing fans, uh, in, sorry, interviewing artists who I'm a fan of, um, touring uh, with another artist. Uh, I've I've ticked my personal bucket list in it. So once that was done, obviously yeah, and then being on radio as well. So once all that was kind of done, and I think yeah, leaving the BBC was uh, a nice kind of indicator for me personally to be like, right, cool, you've actually done everything you set out to do. The music production thing—it's a whole other ball game, man. Like yeah. and then trying to succeed in obviously what we set out to do with that—that's my new challenge. That's my new thing because I. I if I don't evolve myself, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna go crazy. I'm gonna mm. become stagnant. Like, I appreciate the fact that I've got promoters who book me. I appreciate the fact that you know I'm active, and then yeah, I, pre- I appreciate the right, fact huh? that Jordan is uh, finally in the studio. So Jordan arrived, and we get to hear more of the wide awake story in part two of this two-parter in the next episode, where we get into their connections with Mariah Carey and Will Smith. In fact, there's a lot of giggling over Will Smith and a clip from Family Guy. This show is produced and hosted by me, Marcus Bronzy. Thank you to our co-producers, Billy Wright, Shane Powell, David Shawcross. Special thanks to Milo Fisher in research, Wide Awake, aka CJ Beats and Jordan Crisp for their intro and outro music. You can also listen to Marcus Meets via iTunes podcasts for Apple devices or Acast, which works with every phone I know of. If you are unsure what will work with your device, then head to marcusbronzy.com slash meets to listen in any way you desire. We would love your feedback in the form of a rating and or review. And you can do that by going to marcusbronzy.com slash review. And if you really love us, you can become a patron of Marcus Meets and get access to bonus content, early episodes, exclusive merchandise, and have input on actual show content. You can donate as much or as little as you want, say the cost of a can of coke yeah that's it by going to marcusbronzy.com slash thanks that's marcusbronzy.com slash thanks even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 50 dollars, luxurious italian leather bags and so much more 
Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.